Capitals at the halfway point of the season. Your Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms, including the SiriusXM app and on YouTube. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen each and every day. My name is Dan Holman. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at Locked On Caps. And the best way that you can help grow the show is to subscribe to Locked On Capitals on YouTube and comment anything down below. I would love to talk Capitals hockey with you one-on-one, and we can do that on subtext. Just check the show description for more details. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotic that treats 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com and use promo code Locked On to get $20 off your order. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. So in this edition of Locked On Capitals, we talk about how the trade deadline is on March 8th. And is there any potential upgrades? We'll talk about that in the show. A little bit later, we will talk about the goalie situation as it seems Charlie Lindgren is the number one, but Darcy Kemper getting a shutout. Does that make it interesting? We'll talk about that. A little bit later, we will talk about how this is the halfway point of the season and where the Capitals are at. And then the Ovechkin injury, there's a whole lot more there than meets the eye. But in today's episode, we're happy to have Hockey Troll of the Capster podcast. Hockey Troll, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks a lot, man. Thanks for having me on. Glad we can we can do this. Uh, we were talking in the pre-show that there's always a, a quote-unquote goalie controversy every time we talk. So definitely looking forward to diving into that. And holy smokes, man, look at this production value. Every time I come on, you're up in the game. You know, good for you. Well, thank you. Uh, Locked on has just rolled out the red carpet here, I guess. But uh, the Ovechkin in, uh, injury, let's start there. You know, if we look at the season so far, Alex Ovechkin has eight goals on the season. And uh, some people are saying, well, just be patient, Dan. It's going to happen. We're at the halfway point of the season, and he has eight. In 2022, he had 42. In 2021, he had 50. It kind of makes you think where the Capitals could be right now had he scored, you know, even a fraction of what he should have scored thus far. But it does seem that there's a whole lot more there than meets the eye. As was released today, Spencer Carberry said that Alex Ovechkin has been dealing with an ailment since January 6th. But this particular injury that he's facing is not related to the collision he had with Jordan Stahl back on January 5th per Spencer Carberry. Kind of what I thought. I, I didn't think that Father Time had just punched him square in the jaw. I don't think that, you know, Spencer Carberry systems have to be that much different than everyone else. Where are you at with Alex Ovechkin? Yeah, I mean, I don't, oh man, it's such a, you're right. I mean, it's such a catastrophic quote unquote drop off, though. Let's look at, if, if you look at in play night in and night out, obviously the physicality has gone way down since yesteryear. 
Um, you know, I mean, the Caps didn't play. It's funny that they said January 6th because the Cap. I just looked it up. The Caps didn't play then. Um, you know, uh, January was, 5th, I believe it was, yeah. Oh, 5th. Okay, well, so it, it is the Hurricanes. But, yes. but uh, I, you know, he. I think that there's been speculation that he's been injured all year. Um, I don't know. I, it would make sense because of performance, but then again, he goes out there and if he gets a one-timer off, you see the speed and the shot, everything is still there. I, I'm not sure if it's uh mental or if he is truly hurt, obviously he's, he's been somewhat injured. So, you know, that answers that question. Um, though it just seems, you know, that he's been so healthy. It's just so hard for me to wrap my head around like a, a true injury for Ovechkin. Um, the thing is, though, the, the silver lining is he leads the team in points still. Now, that's a low bar to stumble over when we're talking about the Washington Capitals offense at this point in the season. But it's it's a bar nonetheless. You know, um, I've seen a lot of him of him just passing up the the shot a lot, really. Um you know, in tight spaces, this is where I see him kind of drop off on the physicality piece. Like, you know, when he's in tight, when pucks have been at his feet, you know, maybe he's not as quick to get him to the stick and on, on net. Uh, when he does kind of have like the open clapper, you know, something's there where either he's not getting enough chances, which I think is true. You know, his shot totals are down. Um, or maybe he's just the, the a bit of the touch is starting to fray at the ends. Uh, when it comes to just how where he is in his career at this point, there's a lot of question marks, and I'm not sure I believe that it's completely this is Alex Ovechkin from now on. I, I don't know if I believe that, but maybe I'm just a biased fan here. So I mean, it it's disheartening, uh, especially because you know his pace right now puts him kind of uh, on track to break the record past his past his uh, contract. You know, especially if he is out for any serious period of time. But on the other end, history shows us that he could absolutely go off for 20 goals down the stretch, 30, you know, it's not out of the wheelhouse for him. Yeah. I mean, and I'm a bit concerned, I guess I got to say Like, you know, if we take a look at historically, he's knocked it out of the part. We've, uh, we've seen more, goal production from here as of late before he got injured um, and getting a lot of points. So he is getting contributions, but it is a bit worrisome for me as he is the Russian machine that never breaks, but you know, he is getting older and uh, his age is coming into focus as we're starting to see more and more injuries as far as Alex Ovechkin is concerned. Um, and, you know, he just missed the last three games, but he has been getting in practice uh, and it does look like he is ramping up uh, and does lead the team with points, 27 points in 39 games thus far. So as you weigh in right now, do you think that Alex Ovechkin is going to be able to catch Wayne Gretzky under his current contract or will he need an extension? So I always thought he may need another year, like beyond what he's got now. Um, so but that was probably more just me coping, <laughs> like making sure that he gets it. And, you know, I, he doesn't want to just beat it by a goal. He wants to beat it by like 20, right? 30, right. 40, 50, uh, 100, you know, who, who cares? He wants to smash it, right? Um, uh, so as it looks right now, I mean, he's lost a lot of pace. 
I would think that, and I would, and, and honestly, I would think that he would come back for a year anyways, even if he already did smash it. And if Leonsis is like, Hey, how about run it back for one more season and add to it? And, and maybe it, depending on where the team is on their transition, on their rebuild, if he's still a valuable piece, if he's still putting asses in seats, which he will, you know, uh, every goal past the, past the mark of Wayne Gretzky is a new record. And for me as a business owner, if you're, if you're thinking, you know, from Leon's side, that's every time Ovechkin scores, you know, chiching the cash register is opening. So um, I would honestly, for me, I'd like to see him get through this contract, remain healthy, do one more year and then go off into the sunset. And, but I want that year to be mostly just like patent stats. So uh, to answer your question, Yes, I think he'll probably need another year at this point. Uh, I just kind of hope that he fixes it. And, you know, something that a lot of people aren't comfortable talking about is, has he been coached this way? Has he been told to, to, because, you know, say what you will, if you want to go on the old tropes of greedy Russian, whatever you want there, uh, Alexander Ovechkin is not uh, an entirely selfish player. Uh, I, I don't believe when he's taking the shot, he has full trust that he's going to make something happen with it. And if there's anybody in the league, I want taking the shot, it's going to be Alexander Ovechkin throughout his entire career. So, you know, there's a lot of those tropes, but Hey, you know, has he been, you know, he knows that he's the threat on the, on the, on the power play. He knows he's got a shadow. Why not get the pass off quicker, which he usually does instead of the wind up for the one timer. I don't know. Um, I, it's something that I've wondered this season is because it's, it's been pervasive. It's, it's been throughout the whole season that he's been passing a lot. And um, I, I just wonder if carbs isn't like, yo, why don't you pass some more? Yeah. I mean, that that's always a possibility. And one of the things I've kind of questioned on this show, and it gets quite a response kind of in both directions is, do you ever see a situation where if Alex Ovechkin for some reason does not get the contributions that the Capitals would healthy scratch the captain of the team, it's kind of my belief that they would never let him go down like that. It would be just that, you know, he suffered an injury, kind of like what I talked about here, a lower body injury. But what is the nature of his injury? I don't talk about it. He's day to day. Um, right. I don't think that, you know, he carries, you know, such a gravitas with this team. I don't think that he would ever... I don't think the Capitals would ever healthy scratch him. I think that they would, you know, choose the higher road for him. Do you ever see a scenario where the Capitals would scratch him if he doesn't get the production? No, not, not, I think not on the narrative that production is the issue. I really don't. He's the captain. Um, you picked him to be captain for, uh, you know, ostensibly more than his on ice production, you know, being a leader in the room, um, and also, you know, look, he's a franchise player. You know, he gets that he gets that luxury. Uh, guys like Kuznetsov, who have given, been given many, many chances uh, and, you know, sometimes need it. And, hey, here's one thing I'll say about Carberry scratching uh, this season. I mean, I think he's almost got a perfect record for as soon as he scratches a player the very next game, the guy's got a fire brightly lit under his ass, right? And it goes in, scores a, scores a goal, does whatever he needs to do in Kemper's uh, you know, not to blow the lead, but, you know, pitching a shutout right after, you know, sitting for a back-to-back. -back. So uh, while I don't think it'll happen, maybe it would be beneficial. Um, but I think that either way, they would just 
call it a maintenance day. And I think that Ovi has done that before in the past. I think he's said, you know, I'm tired or I'm not feeling it, bro. <laughs> I'm going to take the <laughs> night off. Uh, and the caps have allowed him to do that. So I don't know if, I don't know if it can be production based, if that performance based, if you will. Yeah. I'd like to think that the capitals wouldn't do something like that. Um, all right, coming up here after the break, it is the halfway point of the season and the capitals aren't quite where I wanted them to be or where I think you want them to be. What can we expect from them? The remainder of the season we'll discuss next. I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of real life, but can we just talk for a minute about preparing for real life? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. That is scary. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than if one of my significant others or yours got sick while a supply chain issue kept them from a life-saving medication they need. Thankfully, we'll be okay thanks to Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illness, including UTIs, respiratory infections, skin infections, among others. This stuff could happen to any of us. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today, so go to jacemedical.com and use offer code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your order. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So we have Hockey Troll of the Caps Chur Podcast with us. So we are at the halfway point of the season as we take a look at it. The Capitals aren't quite where I wanted them to be. I'm guessing not where you wanted them to be either, but it's all hope is not lost as the Capitals are one point out of a wild card spot near the All-Star break and has won two of three games without Alex Ovechkin in the lineup. Are the Capitals exactly where you thought they were going to be, or did you have higher hopes for them? Well, of course I had higher hopes, but reality set in, and I thought that they would probably be outside <clears throat> looking in for a large part of the season. Um, last season, around this time, Laviolette had a better record, um, and you know we jettisoned a ton of... Uh, you know, really top tier, I thought, or at least high quality players, NHLers, bona fide NHLers and Hathaway or love Lars Eller, uh, who I say is the linchpin to the Stanley cup. Um, but he, you know, so, so we got a good return on those this year. We got, we gave every caps fan who had a favorite young adult uh, in the farm system. We gave them their shot and here's where we are. And I mean, ultimately, 
last year, you know, I think the big knock on Lavi was that he didn't play the young guys. And I maintain that he didn't play the young guys for a good reason. And we're seeing that now has Connor McMichael has Alexei Protus has even Alexiev come leaps and bounds forward and really developed into what I think are, are solid NHLers. Yeah, absolutely. But are they superstars? You know, are they even Lars Eller esque? They're definitely not a Dmitry Orlov. Um, you know, so when it comes down to it, you know, I thought that the roster was weaker, though on paper at the beginning of the season with everybody healthy, you're like, okay, this team could probably run it back, right? The core is intact. You know, we could be competitive. But, you know, last year, Sam Pell told me that she thought it was a it was a bubble team. And I almost, you know, I almost crucified her on the podcast. Like, wow, you really think that that's, that's what it's like? And, you know, she's like, look, I've been talking to a lot of hockey people, and that's what they say. And, uh, you know, her expert opinion as well. And I was like, okay, well, we'll see. And turns out she was absolutely right. And, uh, you know, the, the flag, the white flag was raised on the season early. So McClellan must have thought the same way, Um, which, you know, I'm interested to see what he's going to do this year, but I, I question it because with the performance that the caps are putting in, it's very easy for a general manager to be like, let's just get through the season. Let's get some contracts to expire and let's see what kind of flexibility we have next year. So the question is now, is there a chance for them for the remainder of this season? Um, I know they're just a spot out uh, of the wild card spot. They're a point out of the wild card spot. Uh, Do you think there is a chance? I mean, what I've seen from the Capitals this season has been inconsistency. If we want to take a look at the weekend games against the New York Rangers, they won one. And then they lost one. And then you kind of rewind the tape a little bit more and you look at Carolina and New Jersey. So this team has struggled at stringing together wins. Uh, Also put the Kraken game in that mix as well. Um, Do you see them being able to turn it around this season? Or do you think they will uh, be setting up tea time instead of worrying about playoffs? Well, Again, you know, I hope they make it in the playoffs. I want them. I wish them. And if if if, uh, if the world worked to my wishes, Dan, you know, we would be in a much probably worse world, to be completely honest. But also, uh, yeah, that's that was ideally how I'd love to see it. I think that they deserve a playoff spot, and I think that they can get there absolutely. And and the Metropolitan is an absolute dogfight every year. I, I maintain it's the best uh, division in hockey. People want to tell me that the Atlantic is, but they've got two top heavy teams on that in that mix. And if that right. And then, you know, you still have the ancient Bruins. there beating everybody up. So, like, really, you're going to tell me that a division that has the Montreal Canadiens and the Ottawa Senators in it is the best division in hockey. Not a chance. So up and down, I think that the Metro is the most competitive. It's the best division in hockey. I think that it's it's going to be a dogfight. And as long as those teams continue to do what they generally do, which is relinquish space and then earn it right back the next week, uh, I think anything is, is this hockey, baby. Anything's up for grabs. Uh, and I definitely think that the Washington Capitals have a, have a great chance of making the playoffs. And it's just what are they going to do with it? And we want to take a look around the team and big changes that are noticeable. Most noticeable, of course, for me is Nick Backstrom stepping away from hockey. I would be most surprised if he ever comes back and plays hockey again. Uh, He has assisted on more Alex Ovechkin goals than anyone else. Talk to me a bit here about Nick Backstrom and uh, what he meant for this team. And ultimately, do you see him coming back at some point? 
yeah, I mean, unfortunately I don't see him coming back, but you know, what a, what a fighter, what a pro, uh, Nicholas Backstrom for the first 80% of his career was the most underrated player in the NHL. Um, I think that when Nick retires, he should be a first ballot hall of famer. I mean, the guy's got over, you, you go, you get a cup and you get a thousand points in the NHL. You're a hall of famer. Like, I don't think that there's really, I don't think that there any excuse for that, right? A cup and one K points. He got them both get him in. Um, I think that he, they should retire as a number. Uh, and I think that, you know, he should have, I think his number should be in the rafters at capital one. Um, but unfortunately I do think that his hockey career is likely over. I'm, I'm interested to see what he does. You know, he could go back to Sweden and, you know, do a lot of good there, probably build some rinks, create a hockey school, do whatever he wants. Really. Uh, he's quite a famous and uh, person in Sweden. It, you know, he's famous here, but I think that the superstar level goes even higher there in Sweden. Um, so uh, it'll be interesting to see where he goes, but I do not blame him at all if he wants to slip away from the spotlight for several years and then come back, you know, maybe coaching, maybe it's something else, but uh, you know, I, I w it's what he's meant to the caps though is, you know, he's just an incredible, he seems just, I've never met him, but he seems like an incredible guy. Um, and, and just the, from, from the players that I've, you know, from, from talking to Carl Alsner, who we've had on the show before the paramount team guy, the, the ultimate team player was Nick Backstrom. And he was like, yeah, I mean, that's, that's real. That is him. Uh, him on the ice is him off the ice. Like the most, the coolest dude who's also just super, you know, inclusive wants to every, wants everybody to be having a good time and will give you the shirt off his own back. If that's what you need, you know? Um, and, as far as leadership too, man, I mean, it, it's never Ovi closing the doors and, and, you know, yelling at the guys when the season's having a bad one. Um, I'll never forget a teary eyed Nick Backstrom promising the fans after a second round out against the penguins that they were going to go do it. Like just mm -hmm. be patient with us there. We, we promise we will get you a cup. And he held that promise and got us a cup. You know, I, um, I can't say enough good things about Nicholas Backstrom and his impact on the club. And, you know, as me as a fan, I love the dude. It is almost a sad and sickening feeling that I have that he's no longer in the lineup. Yeah. And, you know, you take a look at it. They've tried to plug and play different people on that top line with Alex Ovechkin. And I understand that Nick Backstrom hasn't played with Alex Ovechkin on the same line, you know, for a long period of time. I know they've kind of done it a little bit this year, but not how it was years ago. We've seen Strom, we've seen Kuznetsov, we've seen different players. And it doesn't seem like anyone really has the chemistry with Alex Ovechkin that Nick Backstrom did. And I think to at least a certain extent, that is what has held Alex Ovechkin back. I mean, no one set up the saucer passes quite like Nick Backstrom, a great hockey IQ. I think the Capitals are really missing him. Um, so every time that you're on the show, it seems like there is a goalie controversy, or I'm going to drum one up anyway. Uh, yeah. Ilya Samsonov and Vitek Vanacek, uh, we remember talking about them in previous uh, seasons. This season, Darcy Kemper and Charlie Lindgren, you take a look at Darcy Kemper, seem like the clear-cut number one. He's got the long contract with the long term. He's got 
the Stanley Cup as a feather in his hat. And then you take a look at Charlie Lindgren, who has spent a lion's share of his career in the AHL. Uh, kind of just happy playing second fiddle to Darcy Kemper. But something strange happened that Darcy Kemper showed inconsistency. His worst stats of his career this season thus far. I know we still have some runway ahead of us. And Charlie Lindgren came on strong and has been lights out uh, for pretty much his entire this entire season that he's gotten the opportunity. And Spencer Carberry kind of really showed his hand on what he thinks with Charlie Lindgren, giving Lindgren the back-to-back in New York, the first place New York Rangers kind of tipping his hand, showing that, you know, you're our number one until you prove me wrong. But where the controversy kind of gets inserted into all of this is what did Darcy Kemper do? He rose to the challenge and shut out the Anaheim Ducks. Now, I understand the Anaheim Ducks are not one of the better teams in the NHL, but still quite a statement to make after getting benched, uh, essentially. Weigh in on the goalie situation with the Capitals. Is there a controversy? And who is the number one netminder for you for the Capitals? Yeah, man. I mean, we were just talking about how carbs, He, I mean, one thing he he does know is exactly how to pull some, push somebody's buttons, right? Um, and... <clears throat> You know, he's done it multiple times with skaters this year. Uh, and, you know, he's he's done it with a goaltender now. I when when we signed Darcy Kemper, he was the hot. He was the shiny bobble on the on the wire. And, you know, I thought we got him for a decent deal. Um, I didn't mind the term primarily because I thought that that would be a movable contract uh, once cap started to raise, which would be like this year, next year. You know, time if you're going to move him, you, you got some leverage. You can move him with a couple years on, or even in his last year, you can you can jettison him for a good return. Um, I never thought Darcy Kemper was a world-beating goalie. I thought that the Vesna he got was, uh, you know, well earned, but um, kind of maybe the pinnacle. Uh, you know, getting the cup or whatever that was good too. But you know, you look at the team in front of him and 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 whatever timing is everything in life right but now uh he's backstopping a much less talented squad um who's good with playing a system uh unfortunately i feel like kemper i I, you know he's he's never been consistent in being healthy and i don't think his play has always been super consistent um i look at him more like a downgraded Vasilevsky in style, right? So this is a guy who relies a lot on his size and, and, you know, he can, he can make the first stop. Uh, and ultimately that's all you really want a goalie to do. Uh, rebounds are up to the defense to clean up, but uh, him letting in some leaky goals at the worst times is a very Samson of like, right. Huh. And I think that that's what kills him. Uh, and the stats go, go ahead and, and show that at least this season. For this season, I think that the clear, I think that, you know, Lindgren, the the outlaw, as they call him, should get more reps. I think he should be in a starting position, though. You look at the game breakdown, I think Darcy's only got 10 more games to this point um, than Lindgren. So they're kind of already leaning that way. Um, And, you know, maybe they go with the double-headed monster here. And, you know, I think that you should be riding the hot hand. I don't think that there's a book out on Lindgren yet being the Southpaw. You know, I can't think of another starting goalie who's a Southpaw right now. 
they're very rare. Uh, I feel like the last Southpaw that the Caps had was, was it Vokun? And Tomas Vokun was an absolute monster. So, you know, um, playing against Southpaw goalies is always tough. And there's been a book out on Kemper. Uh, and teams know that they need to crash the net. He's going to give up those juicy rebounds. Uh, and, you know, he's also good for a leaky one. I think Lindgren, due to his he's, – he's a smaller goalie. Uh, I think that he has to scramble a little bit more, but he seems more willing and apt to scramble. Whereas Kemper, he'll give it a bad rebound, and it'll bang in immediately, and he just kind of waves at it. So this sounds like a Kemper hate rant, but it's not. I think that he's still a very serviceable, good goalie. Um, they're just two differing styles, and I prefer to selfishly to watch Charlie Lindgren. Yeah, I mean, and I've always thought they had a good option in Charlie Lindgren. I think they have a good option in Hunter Shepard, and we'll talk about that a little bit in the next segment, that one of the things that the Capitals have in spades is a plethora of different options of netminders. You take a look at Clay Stevenson, Hunter Shepard. You can go all the way down into Carolina, just, you know, really grade A netminders. So a lot of flexibility for the Capitals. All right, so coming up here after the break, the trade deadline is on March 8th. Are the Capitals going to be buyers? Are they going to be sellers? We'll discuss next. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find a quality candidate fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And one of the things that's frustrating is that if you're trying to hire a person going through paper applications, that is not the way to do it. That is why you need Indeed. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash locked on. Just go to Indeed.com slash locked on right now and support our show by saying you heard it about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. You need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In today's episode, we have Hockey Troll of the Caps Chirp Podcast. So the trade deadline is on March 8th, and the question is, are the Capitals going to be buyers? Are they going to be sellers? I guess a lot will be determined on where the team is or around March 8th. If you take a look at last season, the Capitals were sellers for the first time in quite some time. You know, Hathaway and Orloff got shipped out. The Capitals acquired Rasmus Sandin. It's kind of bolstering the future of the Capitals. You saw moves like that with them picking up Ethan Baird this season that their eye is on the future. Uh, as we take a look at the trade deadline, there are some interesting names on the Capitals that are being rumblings about possibly moving out. The biggest one is Nick Dowd. Frank Saravalli on the Daily Faceoff has spoke about him extensively. Also, Je uh, Elliot Freeman and Jeff Merrick. Nick Dowd, who holds down the fourth line, and he just plays on the fourth line, not like it's something disparaging. He could play on the third or second line, potentially. 
weigh in on Nick Dowd. Um, you know, what do you, what are your thoughts on the potential of the Capitals trading Nick Dowd? I guess for me, as I look at it, what is the return? I always want a return, you know, a return. I don't want to trade Nick Dowd for an AHLer. I want an upgrade. Uh, would you see a scenario where the Capitals should trade Nick Dowd? Uh, no. And I mean, to your point, what you were saying, I mean, got to give it up to the Caps scouting program, especially in the goaltender position. They do a great job. Um, I can see why Nick Dowd is a is a hot button guy. You know, this is a guy who's going to come in for less than two million. He's going to be a PK guy. He's going to win you face offs. And he's he's a specialist in those terms. Uh, prolific PKer, man. I mean, amazing PK guy. And he's also going to be able to contribute on the on a fourth line role. Um, and he's playing third line minutes, really. I mean, Carver has shown that he's got a lot of more trust in that fourth line than probably any other line uh, on the team right now. So, uh, and you know, Nick Dowd, that fourth line gets exclusively defensive starts, which is a tough, which is a typical fourth line thing. Um, the problem that I have is that as good as Nick Dowd is. I think that across the league, he's still viewed as a replacement level player, right? So while he does bring all of these things, you're going to need to find a trade partner who needs those exact things, right? Like we're getting crushed in the, in the circle every night in night out. Our fourth line is impotent and our PK uh, could use a boost. Right. Um, You know, I, I, and, and when you talk return, I mean, it's crazy. I saw this come across the feed too, man, Nick Dowd. And I'm like, what are we going to get for Nick Dowd? I mean, is this a package deal with Kuznetsov? You know, like you throw in Nick Dowd as a sweetener that I could see happen. Um, But I think that the Washington Capitals need a top six scoring threat. I don't think Pacioretty is going to be enough. Um, Why? I think he's great. And and I think that he is good. Uh, Like I was waiting for patches to come back and he has done – Aside from like his first couple games, he's been great. Uh, he did not disappoint. But with the scoring being so bad for the Washington Capitals, and I mean, we're talking basement level, second, like last, second to last in goals for um, uh, in the league on average. I mean, it's terrible out there. It's it's rough to be a Washington Capitals. Imagine, I never thought we'd be having that stat come across us, right? You know, the high-flying offense of the Washington Capitals, we always just knew it was just time. Well, I don't think it's time anymore. I think they need a legitimate top top six scoring threat, and that is who they should be going after. You know, I think our defense is okay. I think that the goaltending is locked in. I don't think we have flexibility there. Um, and the, the scary part about this, which – I will say, I'll preface this with saying like, you know, Brian McClellan, George McPhee, the Washington Capitals are not uh, knee jerk, typically knee jerk organizations that jettison talent based upon, you know, the flavor of the day, right? You know, you had a bad 10 game stretch, you're out on your ass and we're going to bring in somebody. No, that's not how the Washington Capitals do. They, they don't, you know, hang out guys to try like this and they don't want to put bad reps on, on guys who don't deserve it. Uh, so, what, what I would think is that, you know, I mean, here's the problem. Like, who's who do you, do you have anybody available right now on the waiver wire or who's who's going for the UFA? You got some people, you got some guys in mind, because, you know, when you talk about return, I think that, you know, you're right. During a trade, 
we want to get better, but the other team also wants to get better as well. Right. It's not often that you find somebody who's just willing to shelter cat because they're, they know it's over. You know, maybe there's a couple teams in the league that would do that. You know, Chicago, who's looks like they're trying to tank to get Bedard a better supporting cast, uh, you know, Columbus, but I think Columbus thinks they're on the come, uh, you know, San Jose maybe would take some cap. Uh, but I feel like for the guys that we want to move, uh, you know, even if it's an Anthony Mantha, if it's a Kuznetsov, I still think that we're going to be saddled with a little bit of cost. Uh, we're going to have to retain some caps. So, I mean, I don't know. Who, do you have guys that you're looking at? Yeah, I mean, there's a few that I've covered on the show. And, you know, the tough thing about, you know, Kuznetsov, the biggest problem, and, you know, Brian McClellan has tried to move him for years is that every other GM can see the back of his hockey card. They know that he's hot. He's cold, that he's quirky. He's a bit of a head case. He's the guy that said I could be the best player in the league. If I wanted to, I know said kind of tongue in cheek. Um, so he'd be a tough move. I think that they would have to bundle him, like you were saying. And the good thing about Anthony Mantha, if you take a look at last summer, everyone's like, get him out of here. Whatever you have to do, get him out of here. Well, surprise, surprise. He's actually been playing rather well offensively, one of the better players on the team. So that is a good thing, not for the Capitals to keep him, but potentially to upgrade. So there are some intriguing names uh, at free agency, and I know that this is way out there, but these are names that are being circulated, and one that is a bitter rival, Jake Gensel. Now, this is going to be contingent on the Penguins. They've been playing a little bit better as of late. It's kind of been an up and down season, but this season, 19 goals, 27 assists. Last season, 36 goals, 37 assists, and 21, 22, 40 goals, 44 assists. Now, I know that that seems kind of out there, but these are premier names, and when I hear top six when i hear swinging for the fences like brian mcclellan did with uh, darcy camper no one thought that was going to happen he just was fresh off winning a stanley cup that's what i'm talking about i'm not talking about getting a meh talent for the top six i'm talking about premier and i understand the capitals might have to sting a little bit uh, to get a player like that i've actually heard rumblings about charlie lindgren being on the move. Why? Because his contract is cheap. He's playing well. The Capitals have a plethora of talent in the net mining department. Could Chucky Sideburns be on the move? Potentially. There are other intriguing names out there on the forward front as well. On the show, I've spoke of Andre Kuzmenko, um, but there's a bit of a worry there. Uh, Kuzmenko tied with Elias Peterson for the most goals among Vancouver Canucks with 39 and finished fourth among their scoring leaders with 74 points. Uh, that was 22-23. However, has struggled to score just eight goals and 19 points in 31 games and has had limited playing time. So a bit of caution around Kuzmenko potentially could be an upgrade. Uh, I guess that remains to be seen. Seems to be a kind of a quirky guy as well. Another guy that's out there as the Calgary Flames seem to be on fire in general. Struggling is Elias Lindholm, 27 years old, Calgary Flames center. Uh, Lynn Holm has played eight, uh, excuse me, has eight goals and 24 points in the 22-23 season, 22 goals, 42 assists in the 21-22 season, 42 goals, 40 assists. Options, swinging for the fences. I get that. Maybe not attainable, but maybe. Uh, why not the Capitals? They won the Stanley Cup in 2018. They might have to mortgage the farm a little bit to get it done. What are your thoughts? You know, I've got a couple names to add there. <clears throat> 
staying in Calgary, Huberto has not had a good season and is on the outs with the coach and the organization, it seems. Now, that's huge. He, he, he signed big money. And again, that would be we would still have to eat some cap and get rid of some stink. I mean, that would be, I think, a desperation thing for Calgary. And we'd really have to make that deal sweet. But someone who I've always liked and doesn't get paid a lot uh, for various reasons is Patrick Line. Uh, I believe he's pro I think he's injured as he always is, but you know, that could be a guy that, Oh, well, we'll take him injured. You know, we'll, you know, we'll wait for him to come back. You know, maybe that's a future building guy. He's only in his like mid twenties, which is crazy. Every contract he's ever had, he's bet on himself. He's just like, Oh, you want me to do a show me deal? All right, we'll do a show me deal. He blows it out of the water, gets paid. And then the cycle repeats. It's never for term. Um, so, you know, those are, and you know, again, again, I think those are farther fences that I'm swinging at than you on those, but it's in the mix. Um, you know, uh, there's, there's guys out there, preferably I would like a guy who's in his mid twenties, who's who the top is not in yet. We haven't seen it, but we know it's there. I think the capitals have a good knack of reviving guys' careers and bringing them up to what, to their full potential. I mean, you look at a guy like TJ Oshi, who is, widely considered elite in St. Louis and we got him to DC and he absolutely blew the top off. Um, you know, and you, you talk about Mantha's revenge tour as it's, I think it's official. He's on a revenge tour this season. Um, I, I just don't think there's enough there, man. I, after three to after five seasons of, of being a letdown and then he's got 20 games where he's killing it. I don't think that's enough. Um, the, the problem with it, is that the Washington Capitals have absolutely zero leverage on the trade deadline this year. There's, they know, and every GM knows it. So it, the only thing that we could do is retain cap or leverage the future heavily. And I mean, you know, before we lever leverage the future hev heavily, we let Chandler Stevenson go. We've let uh, Philip Forsberg go. We've let guys go in lieu of that deadline defenseman pick, but th that, that uh, plethora of picks and guys that we were banking, those are long gone, um, unfortunately. So you look at it, and, and like I said, I just, I just don't think the Washington Capitals have any movement. Something would have to fall into their laps, and it is going to hurt. It's going to hurt a lot. And I would hate to see Lindgren go. You know, we just talked about Kemper's contract being movable. That's If we're going to move a goaltender, that's the guy I want to move. Um, you know, he's got the cup. He's bona fide. You know, he's just a little he's just having a, a rough go at it with a different system. Maybe he'll be better, which is going to be hard to argue because I think the Caps defensive system's pretty damn good right now, um, you know, with different players in front of him. Maybe, you know, change of scenery that it would be a, quite the spin and sell job. I'd love to be a fly on the wall during these talks. But, um, you know, I I just. And, and are they going to be sellers or buyers? I again, because. I think that they've sold every valuable asset last season that they had, you know, there might be guy, there might be GMs who are raising an eyebrow to Connor McMichael. Um, there might be guys who are raising. I obviously there's guys who could add, there's teams that could add a deadline to, to push it over the top or hopefully push it over the top in Nick Dowd. Uh, again, not a big return on that guy. That's a $1.3 million player a year. who's having a great career, great couple years in DC. Is that going to translate? You would think, but you look at Garnet Hathaway, 
And I mean, while he's still a good player, uh, you know, he had a role, right? He was a specialist. He's a, he was a rat and I loved it. I think the caps miss him for that. I miss him for that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, and I mean, you want to go nightmare situation, Tom Wilson. I don't think the caps will do it, but what leverage, what NHL players today do we have that we can move that would be in a considered widely an upgrade in another team? And I just don't see it, man. I don't see it unless like we said, it's a specialist doing a certain thing like a goaltender or a PK or a Nick Dowd type. But again, our aspirations, we need a 40 point guy. Gensel, I think, and I hope the penguins resign him because I think that that's, that is, that is uh, the wrong move. And I think that, cause you're not going to get a return on that guy and you're stuck with him for the rest of his career. And you're going to hope, that he's going to maintain this level for another five. Cause you know, Gensel's probably looking for at least five uh, in his next contract, if not eight. And I think he deserves eight somewhere. Um, you know, so <laughs> I, I, and plus it's a division rival. We are tied in points right now. This at trade deadline, I think that's a fantasy. I don't think, I mean, that's maybe if we were in the Atlantic, you know, maybe if right. we had easy mode Atlantic style hockey, we were playing, then, then that would be something that they would consider. But I, I just don't see a deal for Gensel happening. Um, and like I said, I want Gensel to stay in Pittsburgh because that is a huge chunk of cap that the Pittsburgh Penguins are going to have to bury into him. Yeah, it's tough questions for the Caps. I mean, again, a lot of this is determined on how they play here between now and the deadline. You know, Brian McClellan, I don't see him really making that big move. I want him to make that big move. And he said that he's going to do it. I want that top six scoring forward. Yeah, I, I don't think Pacioretty was the guy. I know six different times in his career he scored 30 goals, but he's also had back-to-back -back Achilles issues. So it is a bit of a gamble, but that's why they got him for $2 million plus $2 million incentives. They would have never been able to afford him had he not had those Achilles issues. Listen, Hockey Troll, I want to thank you for joining us on this edition of Locked On Capitals. Why don't you tell everyone where we can find your work? Absolutely, man. It's always a pleasure. Thanks a lot for uh, reaching out and getting this done. Uh, we'll have to, we'll have to have you on. We're starting to do interviews. I think, uh, Polly's back. So, you know, I'm less, uh, I'm less leaning on, on others to help rag the puck with me. I can't believe you do this every day. I mean, you're <laughs> fighting the good fight, dude. Um, but, uh, yeah, you can find me at hockey trolling with an I in, and then you can find me, uh, you know, the, the, the show on all social media at caps chirp. And thank you once again for joining us on this edition of Locked on Capitals, your only daily year-round podcast covering the Washington Capitals. I want to thank all of you that listen on the audio side and watch this on YouTube. You are ultimately what makes this show successful. Once again, I want to thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked on Capitals, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Dan Holmby, and I'll talk to you again next time.